This podcast allows others to tell their spiritual stories and journeys and gives them the safe space to do so. Some things said within may not always align with the views of our podcast. Here at Coven of Rejects, we believe in allowing anyone to tell their story regardless of our own personal beliefs. While we do encourage you to follow our guests on social media to better understand their journey, we do ask that you use your own intuition to discern what energy may or may not align with you. What's up, weirdos, rejects, and free spirits? Welcome back to another episode of Coven of Rejects. I'm your host, Diana Ratliff. As always, sit back, clutch your crystals, and let's get into some crazy spiritual shit. I want to thank 777 Sounds for making that kick-ass introduction song. You can find them on Instagram at 777sounds. Thank you for your patience. I know it is Sunday night and I always drop the episodes on Sunday morning. Thanks for all the love and you guys reaching out and checking on me to make sure that everything was okay since the episode hasn't come out yet. We have just been in the process of moving, so I'm actually recording this from the new podcast room, which is so awesome. It's kind of just you know, four empty gray walls right now with a couple pieces of furniture and my podcast equipment. I will be, of course, filling this up with magic and goodies and crystals galore. If you guys want to follow that whole process of how this is decorated and, of course, follow, you know, the podcast process, you can follow me on Instagram at Gemini underscore goddess 420. That's also my username for TikTok if you're not following and then the Coven of Rejects Facebook page is just Coven of Rejects. You can follow us there. Speaking of that page, I've been so excited to shout you guys out who have been buying and tagging me in the pictures of you in your merch. It is really cool to just see you guys wearing and loving things that come from this passion project and seeing the community grow. And of course, I see that with the messages and the followings and whatnot. But to physically be able to see that um, with you guys just being like excited to be the weirdos, rejects and free spirits makes me just, I don't know, feel so fulfilled. So thank you guys. If you have not already ordered your merch, you can find it on the Coven of Rejects website, which is going to be linked in the description, but it's just covenofrejects.com. And then for those of you asking, those are also where you can book your readings with me. If you don't want to do a weekend reading, that's the only times that I have available on the website. So you could just reach out to me on Instagram and I will schedule you. Just let me know what kind of reading you would like. This week's guest is Deborah. She changed her username this week. And so it is going to kind of cut off at the end at a little bit of a weird spot. And then you guys already know. There's always some kind of like little audio glitch or like a growling in the background. And I tried to edit it out. But you are going to hear that uh, here in this episode. I don't know what's up with that. But... It's just going to consistently be a thing, so we're going to roll with it. But without further ado, here is this week's guest. Hello. Hello, hello. Can How you hear me? Yes, I sure can. <laughs> right as the ambulance goes by. <laughs> yeah, I live like 10 minutes from the hospital. That's the only problem. No problem. How is your day going? What time is it there where you are? It's the end of the day, right? It's 7.22 p.m. Oh, 
so crazy. It's only um, 12.22 here. So I've got a whole day ahead of me. Uh-huh. That is a bit of a gap. <laughs> sure is. <laughs> Thank you so much for taking the time to do this call. I'm so excited to talk with you. And you. I'm a bit nervous, so just bear with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. Everybody's nervous in the very beginning. And then the more that we talk, the more you kind of loosen up and, and start sharing your journey. So I'll just help kind of, um, I'll help you uh, through the interview process and it'll be great. Yeah. Okay. So my first question for you is, um, were you raised practicing spirituality the way that you practice now? No, um, so this is a bit of a story, this one. So most of my family are actually Christians. So, and then I also went to a Christian primary school. I think that's called something different over there. Um, anyway, so it all started with, we have something called assemblies. I don't know if you have assemblies over there. Yeah, we do. The, so where you'll go into the hall and like sing songs and stuff. And basically I, I started to refuse. So the reason I refused is because what we were singing, we were we were always singing Christian like related songs and I didn't agree with any of it. And I, I never really understood why I didn't agree with it at such a young age. But I refused, and because I refused, they basically took it upon themselves to kind of segregate me. So wow. I was sat on a chair in the corner at the back of the, the assembly because I refused to sing with them. But I am—I was always convinced, though, that me, that my grandma was a secret witch. I think she used to hide it, though. So you got actually punished at church because you didn't want to sing songs. Did you ask questions about what you were singing or you were just like, this just doesn't feel right in my spirit? It was kind of a bit of a both, really, because the way that I don't want to offend anyone, but the way that I was learning about the Bible and stuff from the onset to me, it just sounded like a story rather than an actual thing that happened. Mm. So and then obviously it just didn't feel right to me to be singing about something that I didn't believe in and that was that to me I thought it was a story yeah I completely understand that and I want to tell you don't be worried about offending anybody by sharing your truth that's what my entire podcast is about it is you're in a judge-free zone where you can talk about your experiences, your thought and feelings on what you've gone through. It's your story. You're obviously going to have emotions tied to that. And yeah. listeners understand that. And if people are going to be offended by listening to your story, this isn't the podcast for them and they can go and find somewhere else to go. <laughs> Fair enough. <laughs> that's, I tell everybody that like, and that's why I tell you, you know, when I reached out to you that my podcast isn't scripted that I don't tell you what you do or do not have to discuss this is for you and every other person on this podcast to be able to share your true journey so as we're going through this and you want to share anything please feel free do not hold yourself back because you think that you're going to be offensive yeah I think that's something I've been taught we've all been taught that I've always grown up and I've always said what I was thinking I've never really had a filter 
So obviously I've always been disciplined for it and then I've learned to try and not do it. Yeah, but... well, I don't, I don't silence you here. You have the right <laughs> to your voice here. Okay, so you thought that grandma was a closet witch. So tell me what makes you think that because that is, you're not the first person who's told me this and it's so intriguing to me. So it, it all started with, she just seemed to know the answer to everything. So even without us saying a single word, she would know if we were lying. She would know if something was going to happen. She, she just always seemed to know what was coming. And then she had the most amazing garden as well. So she was growing everything in this garden. So she'd have like fruit, veg, herbs, everything growing. And they always grow, they always grew really well. Like even though over here we get a lot of on and off weather, but it always seemed to grow very well in her garden to the point where neighbours were coming over and asking her for stuff because she was growing that much of it that well. And then it was also the the fact that she used to use things. So if we were ill, she'd make us specific soups. I never learned what the soups were, but she'd always make specific soups with, with different ingredients. And they always made you feel 10 times better. And she, she just seemed to know everything all the time. I'm just convinced that she wasn't actually a Christian and that she was a witch. Well, she might have been both, to be honest, because there are Christian witches. There sure are Christian witches. Um is your grandmother past or is that a question that you could ask her? Yeah, no, she's, she's. Oh, okay. Well, at least you have those memories that you get to carry on with you. Is there anybody else um, in your family that was practicing? No, but there was um, my grandmother's mother was supposedly cursed. Died when she was 32 years old. And my grandmother always told me that she was cursed, which I thought was interesting. So perhaps it does go further up than I think it does. Yeah. Do you know why they thought she was cursed? Or was it just because she passed away when she was young and so it must be because of a curse? She um she got really ill very quickly and then passed away really quickly. Um they think that she was cursed because well back then my um grandmother and her siblings they were living in very bad poverty. So in order to eat, they were having to steal. So um, my grandmother's father actually went into farmer's property and stole chickens just so that they could kill it and eat it. So that's how bad, how bad they were in poverty at the time. So my grandmother believed because they were doing all of these stealings and, and stuff and all this bad stuff, that she kind of got cursed through by someone for it. That was the theory anyway. She didn't really tell me much more about that. That's so interesting to me because when I hear it, I mean, sure, stealing, but what I hear is that what was being done was the father was stealing food out of love for feeding his family. So while I could understand a curse being put on because someone's being stole, stolen from, I can also understand maybe that curse not taking effect because the intentions behind it were pure, even if the actions were something that was not. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Now that was just a story anyway. It could it could not be true, but it was just what she told me. It's what she thought. I love that you have that kind of family story and, and a history like that that you can share. So when did you start practicing? It was uh it, well at first I thought that I was a spiritualist. So I went into researching all about spiritualism and stuff like that and then even contacted a spiritualist church. And then this is probably like the most baffling story because a lot of people don't believe me on this. Um, I was in the library and then I saw a book poking out. So I've got OCD. So anything that's not in its place, it, it bugs me. So I, I went over, tried to push it back into the bookshelf. It wouldn't budge. So I thought maybe there's maybe there's too many books on one shelf. So I took it out, had a little glance, and it was actually a book about witchcraft. Now at this point in my life, I wasn't actually sure that witchcraft was a real thing. I thought, like most people, I thought maybe like, you know, Harry Potter charmed, Hocus Pocus. I thought it was all just like fairy tales. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I got this... I, I thought, well, I might as well read it now. And then that was the start of a very long journey. Because <laughs> once I read one, I started reading more books, more books went online. And I was absolutely baffled that witchcraft is nothing like it's portrayed in films or movies or shows. It's nothing like that. Which probably made it more beautiful to me, to be honest. So that was probably when I was about 19 when I first started reading about it I'm 28 now and then when I was about 2021 I decided just to embrace the fact that I was I was actually a witch because everything that I was reading and everything that I was seeing was was spot on for the kind of person that I am so from a young age as a child so I would have a full-on conversation with a spirit and everyone would think I'd lost my mind or they just thought it was an imaginary friend. And then there was other things as well. I was doing things that my nana was doing, so I was saying things were going to happen before they happened. Like I, I seem to know things that people shouldn't know. I seem to be able to guess things about people. I seemed to know if someone was a negative person before they even showed they were a negative person. There was a lot of things that came together that as soon as I read about witchcraft, it was just like, that's it. That's what it is. Thank you for sharing that with me. I noticed that a lot of people that I talked to noticed uh, when they were kids that they, including myself, that they saw things when they were kids and kind of went through it alone and people didn't understand or didn't believe them or didn't think that they were seeing what they were seeing and kind of explained it away as like, Oh, it's an imaginary friend. Or like my mom would tell me, Oh, that's just God's voice talking to you. You're just hearing God's voice. And so (laughs) (laughs) I remember like growing up and I would hear, you know, because when you see spirit, you hear spirit. And so I would hear it and I would be like, oh, that's God's voice. And I'm like, God says some weird shit. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> I just honestly thought that they were people. So I had to sit there talking to him as a kid. I was be like, well, he's right there. Can you not see him? No. What? <laughs> it make, it, obviously, it makes you question whether you're, you're sane or not, to be honest. <laughs> oh, it sure does. So did you feel, so you were reading your witchcraft books. Did you start to feel like you were finally being understood and you were finally figuring out something that made you feel like you belonged? Yeah, it was, it was kind of like an awakening to me. It was like I spent so long on the wrong paths because I spent a lot of my life trying to figure out why I was always different from everyone else. Mm. And then especially at school as well, I got bullied for being the weird kid. So everyone was terrified of me because I said things. I used to, um, I didn't I didn't know it at the time, but I used to verbally hex people and it would happen. But yeah, but when I started reading about witchcraft, it just, everything just clicked. Like my obsession with using different things, especially when I was cooking. And then just, I used to have an obsession with rocks as a kid as well. And now I've got loads of crystals. It, it just everything just seemed to snap into place once I just realized what I was and who I was. I really love that. I think that's beautiful. So, will you tell me a little bit about how you practice now? I was looking at videos that you have, and I noticed that um, you connect with different deities and you practice with them and. Um, you have an altar set up differently than I've seen an altar set up. And so I would just love to hear about um, how you practice and what deities you work with. Yeah, so the first deity that I work with is the Morrigan. So the Morrigan is one that I've been working with now for over three years. So what I did was I heard about deities and then I just kind of opened myself to them. Mm-hmm. So it was on a full moon. I just sat down and said that I'm open to guidance and she was the one that came. So with the Morrigan, in my experience, I found that she can be quite brutal. So if she is to help you with something, there is an there is always a brutal... I, I don't know, explain it now. So for example, I was, um, I was struggling with infertility. So I I just asked her if she could perhaps give me some answers or try and help me on that path. And I ended up getting pregnant. But then I got pregnant. But then I job. So whenever she seems to help with something, she also gives you a test with it. That's one thing that I found about the Morrigan. And then the other one, that is, she's quite a new one actually, is the Hecate. Yes. So I've only been working with her just under two months now. And um, basically what happened is I was sitting in the back garden and I obviously live in a quite condensed area. So there's a main road and a town quite close and a hospital. And uh, I sat in the back garden and I saw an owl. Now, bearing in mind... I'd never see a wildlife here. I haven't even seen a cat here, never mind an owl. So I was I was completely bazzled, bazzled, dazzled. <laughs> I do you know what I'm saying now? Completely dazzled. And then <laughs> I thought I thought I'd call, I'd chat, like I did a whistle. 
and it actually came over and just went lightly over my head and obviously I was like well what, what does that mean what's that as you do as a witch everything's got to mean something these days sure does <laughs> <laughs> I get it all the time on on platforms where people are like what does this mean what does that mean but anyway I, I asked a few people that I'm friends with and they uh, they said it could be the Hecate so obviously they advised me to get some keys so like the old style looking keys because she's the keeper of the keys mm-hmm. and then to sleep with one and to see if I got a message from her and then obviously I slept with one and I woke up and the key was actually bent. So I didn't sleep with it under my pillow. I slept with it on my side table. And the key had actually bent itself upwards. And uh, someone said to me that that meant that she wanted to show me something with that key. I'm not quite sure what that is at the minute. But um, anyway, I've, I've, just, I've decided that, um, that I would work with her as well. I Obviously, I did ask for Morrigan first. Because I always like to be respectful of deities. Mm-hmm. Asked the Morrigan if she was okay if I work with another deity, and her answer was yes. And then I asked Hecate if she was okay with it, and she also said yes. So those are the two deities that I work with at the moment. Um, in regards to the practice that I do, so I consider myself to be a lunar witch. So that is a witch that kind of goes with the rotations of the moon. So I will use the different, gosh, my brain's gone, the different um, stages of the moon for different types of magic. So the new moon that's just gone is good for manifestation. It's also good for having ritual baths, so to wash away any negativity of your soul. And then the full moons, full moons are more for, for like making making goals for yourself, aspirations for yourself. Mm-hmm. And then you know what's so funny about that, about you talking about moon magic, is that even people who don't believe in magic believe that people's energy changes during a full moon, hence why we have like werewolf stories and people will be like oh they're acting crazy must be the full moon and i'm like you do realize that you're subscribing to lunar magic right now right <laughs> yeah basically yeah, <laughs> yeah I, get, I, hear, I hear that all the time where people are like all oh, the crazies are going to be out tonight because it's a full moon but that, and you're over here like i i'm crazy all the time practicing under the moon <laughs> yeah yeah basically but the full moon is when the energy is at the highest so that's that's perhaps where they've gained that from. Mm-hmm. So I've had a lot of people in my life that have kind of tried in one way or another to harm me or damage me or or make just make me feel a bit shitty, basically. I started in indulging in baneful magic and looking into baneful magic. So now I seem to quite know quite a lot about that kind of magic. Which seems to which does seem to scare a few people, to be honest. <laughs> Can you answer some question? Well, I guess it's just one question. Is yep. baneful magic often confused with dark magic? Yeah, they yeah, they do come close, but I feel 
if it's used correctly, I feel like baneful magic's not as bad as people think it is. Whereas the darker magic can get quite dark, to be honest, it can get dark. Like I've I've read books where you can like full on death hex people, which I think is really which is too dark for me, I think. Yeah. So my understanding is that um because cause there are people who are listening who don't understand the difference at all and they're just starting out. So I yeah. I like to educate when we can. Um so tell me if I'm wrong. My understanding is that when you are practicing dark magic, you're actually calling on darker entities. Some people call them demons, um, darker shadows who are trapped in this realm and, and can't move on because of, you know, sadness or having, you know, bad lives and so and making bad choices. So they're left here. Dark magic is calling on those entities to fulfill things like, um, you're saying like death hexes and things like that, whereas baneful magic is still um, using the lighter entities, using the goddesses and, you know, the gods to um, uh, like make things right, give back to people what they're putting onto you. Yeah, yeah, basically, you probably described it better than I did. <laughs> so baneful magic is, it is basically using more karma elements to kind of speed up karma on people whereas the darker I don't I don't, I don't explain it it's just it's it gets really really dark and it is it is where you are asking the darker forces to help you so when you're asking for a darker force to help you what you need to remember is that they always come with a price Mm-hmm. That's where the tenfold comes from. Yeah, well, not I don't necessarily believe in that stuff, but I do believe that there is a price when you are asking something dark to do something dark. So it could it could be anything. But then <clears throat> depending how dark you get, you can ultimately give your soul to a to a demonic force. Mm-hmm. Which is terrifying, I think anyway. Because Let's face it, none of us want to willfully give ourselves to a demon or something darker. No, and I make jokes about that just because, like, that's what the conception is of witchcraft, right? Like, if you embrace any darkness at all, then you're working with, quote-unquote, the devil or with demons. And so I've always embraced that and been like, yep, that's exactly what I'm doing. Here I am again practicing <laughs> yeah. my, you know, devil magic and like naked sacrifices which obviously like isn't true and i love that you're that we're talking about this this is the first time that i'm getting dark with it that's fine but no no if you do go too dark you can you can be working with those kind of forces but we're not always working with those forces so let's be realistic, probably about 90% of those practicing witchcraft don't even go that dark. And then, like, if you're going too that way, then you're technically going into another culture anyway because that kind of complete darkness magic is more voodoo. I think it's voodoo because they're the, they've practiced, you know, the sacrificial kind of methods. I don't know if you've seen their stuff. Um, I, I do know about sacrificial magic. I actually have, um, a couple of friends who, um, do magic that is, 
um, that has roots that go back to kind of like voodoo. Um, And there are a lot of things that I've been educated in, just like the way that we practice magic on a lighter side. It's all intention based. And they have their own um, sort of deities that they work with that tell them, um, you know, how to cleanse themselves before and after the rituals so that um, things don't come back on them. There is there is like sacrifice. One thing that I learned, um, which I just thought was cool. I've always been attracted to blood magic, but I've never, I've never dabbled in that before. And yeah. And I learned that you never use your own, you never use your own blood because whatever entity you are feeding with that blood um, like if you give them your own blood, that's the blood that they're going to keep on wanting. And I was like, yeah. well, thank God I never, this is why you don't practice what you don't know just because you have a desire to. Yeah. This is what I always say in, in a lot of my videos is I get new witches that come to me and they want to learn baneful magic. And I always refuse basically because you need to learn really good strong protection methods mm-hmm. you need to know what you're doing because if you go in and you do the complete wrong thing these these they can bounce back on you it can go into you instead of who you intend and that's that's one scary thing about magic and about spells and about baneful magic that always baffles me when people message me and they're always like well i want to cure them with that and and they don't, they don't even know how to protect themselves. And it, it just terrifies me that people are going out and trying these things without doing the research. It terrifies me. Well, and that's, you know, why it's so important that we educate people who are just starting their spiritual practice because mm-hmm. they see what they see on TV and it looks like, oh, I want to do that. So I'm going to try it. And no, like they're there are wrong ways to do it. You can't simply just decide that you're going to start doing spell work or that you're going to start doing any kind of magic because you're really dabbling in things that you don't understand. And anybody who's going to come to you or to any other, you know, practicer and say, I want to practice this kind of magic, teach me, is somebody who should absolutely not be learning because they have no grasp and understanding yet. Yeah, and then it's the thing of, a lot of them that come to me are wanting to hex like ex-partners or just someone sort of like an ex-friend or some just someone who doesn't necessarily need hexing. So if you've fallen out with someone, that is not a reason to hex them. If you've had a little cat fight with someone, that is not a reason to hex them. You, you don't come into this, hex someone because you've fallen out with them or because you're not with them anymore. That's another thing that angers me because I do get that a lot. Like hexing and cursing and stuff is the last option. And it is more for people who have done something that is absolutely unforgivable. And I'm not talking about someone breaking your heart. I'm talking about people who have abused people and stuff and people like that. Not someone you've had a fight with last week. Ugh. It's so true. I'm so glad that you're saying this. Yeah. And what you do in spell work 
isn't reversible in many, many cases, especially if you already didn't know what you're doing. You don't know what you put into your spell. You don't know the intentions that you had in that moment with your spell. And when you're putting someone's DNA in a spell, especially, there's really, it's very hard for you to break that when you are a very seasoned, practiced witch, let alone somebody who's brand new. Yeah, yeah, and then the best one is the love spells. Oh God! So I I actually see a love spell as baneful. That's how bad love spells are. I agree. Because love spells, you were taking away their free will to make mm-hmm. a free choice and twisting it. So that that to me is baneful. And that's not what magic is about. I agree, and I'd like to say that by saying it's baneful doesn't mean that it's baneful in the way that you personally practice. I would, yeah, I would say so, yeah, because the way that most love spells go are they don't turn into a love story, they turn into an obsession story. So they will become completely infatuated with you to the point where it will become scary to you. That's the only way I've ever seen love spells go. Unless it's obviously self-love, that's different. But love spells, they always go the wrong way. So, yeah, I would, in my practice, I'd say it was painful to do that to someone. Yeah, I agree. What's that movie with Nicole Kidman and Sandra Bull? Oh, Practical Magic. Have you seen that? Yeah, yeah. I always think of love spells as being like the boyfriend that Nicole Kidman had that was completely obsessed with her and abusive and like kept coming back from the dead and they couldn't get rid of him. And that's how I've always seen it. Yeah, that is. And I've seen a lot of stories about people who've done it. And that is actually what happens because you were taking away their free will to choose. So it's going to drive them absolutely crazy because inside they might not want to be in a relationship with you. They might not love you, but by doing this magic, you are forcing them to, which like it would, it's going to drive them absolutely crazy. Like it would me if someone was forcing me to love someone, it would drive me crazy too. Yeah. And then your obsession would slightly, I mean, maybe not even slightly, but be deep rooted in anger. And who wants a love like that? Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. I don't agree with love spells. I always get a lot of people asking me for them, but I wouldn't do it. So tell me the kind of spell work that you um, do do. So at the minute, I've got a lot of, like, I've gone a lot into herb magic. So I've been doing different spell jars at the minute. I've been sharing them online, which I which I do enjoy doing. So what I'll do is I'll get a little jar, fill it with the correct herbs for the intention, and then seal it. That's something I've been doing a lot at the minute. I th- I'd say most of my spell work, it does revolve around the moon, to be honest. So I'll do like moon baths, cleansing baths, the... Um, Doing, I, I do my car- uh, carrot, my carrot card. No, I don't do a carrot card. I do a tarot card. <laughs> <laughs> that would be interesting if I had carrot cards. But yeah, <laughs> you're very earth magic if you're going that way. <laughs> yeah, yeah, basically at the moment. Yeah, sorry, I just I've gone really warm. You've gone warm while you're talking about it. Yeah. Phew. 
it's because you're sharing your secrets. Yeah. Didn't know who's listening. <laughs> <I'm joking. laughs> no, I, I've had to start giving disclaimers in the beginning of the episodes because we always have um, a weird audio thing that happens or like technical issues um, that I notice when I'm editing the podcast episodes and there will be like random growling or random voices like making noise in the background or the um, audio short circuits out and it's not anything that we can see when we're doing the episode we can hear each other just fine we don't hear any of that stuff and I think it's just when you're talking about this and you have two people's you know spiritual energy going back and forth you really are bringing in so much energy you're bringing in whatever deities you work with at the time whatever spirit is with you and you know we know that spirit gets energy from pulling from electronics yeah definitely I have about I I have been seeing uh, a lot of shadow people as well recently, which is yeah. uh, which these, I don't think they scare me anymore to be honest. I think people get the wrong interpretation of shadow people. I do I've too. Always, I've always found them as kind of like mischievous spirits, whereas other people have told me that they see them as bad omen. Hmm. But if, whenever I've seen them, I've never felt any bad omen. It's always been mischievous to me. I think the Kinda people like the who see out. them as bad are the people who don't understand. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But I think in some cultures they are seen as bad omen. I believe I might be wrong there. Do you try and talk when you see shadow people? Do you do you try and talk and say anything? No, I just kind of let them do whatever they're doing. How I do. Because it always just seems to pop up in the most random times. So I just leave them to it now. I think if you give something too much attention, then it kind of, I think it's just going to get worse. Not saying I don't want them around because I don't mind them, but I don't want them to have any impact on my daughter. That's the only thing that I always worry about when I see spirits. Is mm. Are they going to try and impact my daughter? So I just kind of now don't give them attention. I always, I used to be, um, like, I used to ignore them because if you ignore them, then, like, maybe they won't know that I see them. But, like, they know that we see them. And oh, so yeah. I've gotten into the habit of just, like, saying, you know, in passing by, like, I see you standing there. And, like, I don't care that you're here. Like, feel free to take what you're needing as far as, like, if you're needing, you know, to rest for a second or you're just checking it out. That's totally fine. Um, but I also can like make you leave. So just be respectful while you're here and like continue on with your journey. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like good, good way to do it, to be honest. Well, I just want everything to like, I want everything and everybody always to feel respected. And I think that shadow people are oftentimes, yes, they're always mischievous, but I think that they're lost. And, um, I think that, I think that they can be just as confused. And if we don't pay them any attention, I feel like it makes them lonely and it makes them stuck. Whereas if we just acknowledge, like you're an entity that's here and like you were a soul and you're lost right now. And if you need to be here and this is a safe place and you need to be seen and, and felt, I want to provide that to you, but like, don't have bad intentions because you're here by my grace. And if I don't want you to be, you won't be. 
That's actually a good way of seeing it, to be honest. I just always get terrified of something coming and impacting my daughter because she's still at that. She's still quite young. She's only two. Yeah, but you have strong protection magic in your home. I know that you believe in in protecting, so I believe that you have strong protection magic in your home, and that you you got to have faith in the magic that you that you've put forth. Yeah, that is true. <laughs> That's why it's so cool to have these conversations because everybody comes at their magic and their perception from a different approach, and it's like based on the experiences that we've personally had. And when we get to have these conversations, like you're telling me about baneful magic, I don't know very much about baneful magic, but I am realizing through our conversation that it's already the kind of magic that I practice. I just never had a label for it. Yeah, yeah, baneful baneful magic is, it is something that as long as you've got the right protections in place, it is pretty simple to do. But I wouldn't recommend anyone start there. Do not start at painful magic. <laughs> I recommend that everybody who is trying to practice magic or a spirituality um, of any sort starts with like personal development, and yeah. we call shadow it work. shadow work. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, because then you know, once you start doing that, you can understand like the reason why you're having certain responses to situations and you're not going out like, Oh, I need to hex this person or whatever, you know, I need to do a spell against them. They weren't the problem. Your trauma response was the problem and you need to work on you. Yeah. Yeah. Basically that's what I find a lot to be honest is people who, who go out of the way and try and do horrible things to other people. These other people don't actually deserve what they're trying to do to them. It's just, you were in a situation where you both got upset and you both responded and reacted in the wrong way and that should have been the end of it so it does it does anger me when people then want to go and do something to someone just based off one thing when it could just be you that was that was, was the problem not them yeah and you never see that and like how i don't know for you i would love to know how often you do a tarot card read for somebody else and the cards are literally saying like this is just a huge misunderstanding you're just in the midst of a misunderstanding like you need to have forgiveness on both sides and like cut yourself some slack because that happens to me all the time yeah i did one the other day where the cards that came up were basically saying that they were being selfish i had one the other day where I pulled some cards for someone and the cards that came up basically said that they were being selfish. So what they were doing, they weren't thinking about the other person at all. They were being selfish. They weren't looking from all viewpoints and they were just being stubborn. And obviously the response that you get when you get those kind of cards are always, oh, no, no, it's them, it's them, it's no. Sometimes you just need to know that what you're doing is causing the response from the other person. And no one ever seems to like that answer. (laughs) Yeah, nobody likes that answer. Well, and you have to think too, everybody goes into, okay, I won't say everybody, but so many people go into wanting a reading um, for like, and especially when it comes to like love readings or like an argument with another person reading, what they're looking for is validation. They're not looking for 
you to like answer the way that that we do they want a specific answer and so it always makes me laugh when someone's like oh but that like it that doesn't make any sense for my situation and I'm like well clearly it does because this is the card <laughs> that was pulled so I don't know how you figure it out and apply it to your life but this is the message <laughs> I get them all the time when I when I do like lives and stuff people will be like can you tell me if me and such and such were supposed to be together? And then it'll come back saying no. And they'll be like, eh, well, that's not right. <laughs> what, what, what did you expect me to answer? I'm just telling you what the cards are telling me to tell you. But because I it always, doesn't fit yeah. what they want. <laughs> then... <laughs> no, it's so true. And I always am like, if you're asking me this, I think you know that the answer is no, and you're really yeah. hopeful that the answer is yes. But, babe, this is picking up on your energy. And if, like, you don't want this to be what is meant for you, why are you there still? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, basically. <laughs> oh, it does make me laugh. It makes me laugh. And I always tell people before I read, like, please come into this with like an open mind and an open heart and not expecting your read to go a certain way because you are never ever going to get the answers that you want. You are always going to get the answers that you need. Yeah. And you may go in wanting to know about your relationship and you end up going out of it being told that like you need to work on personal development and that you have a career path coming up and that that's the path you need to take and not the love path and don't be stubborn. Yeah, I think that's the sad thing about, I don't know if it's just this, this day and age or whatever, but people always seem to want to rush into love. So I don't understand this rush for love. So go go traveling, go get you a career. When someone comes into your life, then they come into your life. You don't need to force someone to love you or be with you. Just leave. If you if you've been if you're having to force them, leave. I don't understand this forced relationship to be the thing at the minute. I you know what I think it is, is I think that it's I think that it's generational traumas and I think it is it for generations going back I don't know how far a woman's job has always been to find a mate have children the death age was very young and a woman's sole purpose was to find a partner have a child and I won't even say yeah. find a partner because it's only now acceptable for you to have the partner of the gender that you want it used to be women's mission was to find a man have a child provide for that man no matter how much he abused her cheated on her yeah whatever basically. have no opinions of their own be silenced and be on um Paige Buckman she's gonna be um she's a medium who's um, going to be on a future episode, but she says that everybody runs on this like imaginary clock where um, there's like been given this time limit to women of like, by this age, you need to have done blah, blah, blah. And she's like, whose fucking clock is this? Like the time is unrealistic. We've made this up. This isn't even a thing. Yeah, basically. Cause like I didn't have my daughter till I was 26 and that was a massive problem for everybody else but me. 
which I discovered because it was always, are you going to have one? When are you going to have one? Oh, you're getting older now. You're going to get too old. I was like, Where, where's this come from? Why am I too old? I was 26. And then like my sister, she's um, 30. And she still doesn't want any kids yet. She says she's going to wait for a couple of years. And she gets it even more than I get it now. So, oh, you can't have kids when you're 35. Uh, yes, you can. You can now. Because we've developed ways in which we can safely have children at an older age. But yeah, there is an imaginary clock, and I I just don't understand it. it. I do agree that I think it is generational. I'm somebody who um, ran on an imaginary clock for having children. I, for you know, my family has always had children young. The women in my family have always had children young, and yeah. um, it's been consistent that the fathers that the mothers raised the children by themselves because fathers ended up being absent. And so for me, I never was like, Oh, I'm going to need to have, you know, this kind of a relationship first and then have a child because I've seen time after time after time that women have, you know, children with men that, and the men aren't there anyways. My dad wasn't there anyways. So like, what the fuck does it matter? And (laughs) I ended up, you know, thankfully having my son with um, my husband. Um, now we weren't married at the time, and and it is so much more difficult to do it that way when you've put so much pressure on yourself. Because I'm twenty, I'm about to be twenty eight, and my child is six. So I had him, um, you know, when I was super young, obviously. And there's so many like life experiences that my husband and I missed out on together and bonding that we didn't do in the beginning of our relationship because we were having a child instead and going through um, so many pressures of being parents. And, and so now is when I can like be creative and tap into my spirituality and practice it because I feel like I held myself back being on somebody else's clock. And it's sad that this is how the human mind is geared these days. And I'm excited to break that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I, I don't understand. Like, I don't know. I just don't think I've ever understood the rush for children. Like I'm not, I'm not judging anyone because we all have children at different ages. Yeah. But I don't understand why there's this kind of stigma where if you have them too young, you have you're not, you're not responsible. You're still a child, blah, blah, blah. If you don't have them when you reach your early twenties, then you're gonna you're gonna face difficulties. You're gonna be on your own forever. You're gonna there's, there always seems to be something, no matter what age you choose to have a child. Anyway, so I say just have them when you're ready, because they change your life completely anyway. So I don't I don't see it as something that anybody should ever rush. As much as they are the most beautiful thing ever, because I love my daughter to bits. She's like my best friend. Absolutely. I just don't think that people should be so stressed into having children. And I also love the fact that we are at a generation now where children is an option. I absolutely love that. So there is loads of people that I know who do not want children, so they're not going to have children. And I love that. What I a beautiful thing that. for you to point out. I love it. It's like we are finally breaking that cycle because people are choosing. They don't want them. 
so they're not going to have them and that's the end of it and I love it yes and there's more confidence to stand in your truth and saying nope not for me thank you though yeah I love it I do when people say I don't want children I'm not having them brilliant do what you need to do it's your life do it if you don't want them you don't want them I couldn't agree more so um do you offer like services to people like magic spirituality services to other people at the minute no um mainly because I'm so busy because I've gone back to school now while we call well university so I'm at university full time at the minute, but I do help people. So if people have got genuine questions, I do help them with where they can get answers for them. If I can't answer them or, or if I can answer them, then I will. But I, um, at the minute, not really. I do do tarots on lives every now and then as well. But I don't do anything for money at the moment. I love that you said that you answer questions and that you um, that you help people because one of the things that I that I saw was that you do videos for like new practicing witches. Yeah. And I would love to know what your advice is for somebody who is interested, wants to start learning more about witchcraft and about our culture And I call it our culture because I think that the witchcraft culture is something extremely unique. And I think that it is a culture. Um, So what would you advise somebody who is just wanting to start out? Where would you have them start if they are wanting to learn about spell work or um, just like getting in touch? So probably fed up of hearing this, but you always start with research. So you need to know what you're getting yourself into. You need to know the history. You need to know the kinds of things that our ancestors had to go through. You need to know the different, not not necessarily all the different types of magic, but have a little read over the different types of magic just to start you off, nothing too in-depth. And then see see kind of where you resonate with things more. So there are thousands probably of different types of witches that do different things. And then I always say as well to start off with the absolute basics. So the basics that I always advise people to get is a white candle, some salt and a clear quartz. Because when you start this path, you don't need everything. You don't need all the fancy items that maybe I've got now. Because these have taken me years to get. Because I think that's what panics a lot of new starters is the fact that they think that they need everything in one day you don't you don't need everything I didn't start off with everything I'm sure a lot of other witches didn't either so, I yeah, we, sure didn't <laughs> yeah yeah you don't you don't need all of this stuff straight away and I think that's where they panic start off with with the basics so even even if you haven't got access to get some of this just get a white candle just start with a white candle Let's go down to your local store, get a cheap white candle and start there. Do your research. Um, perhaps find find some um, resources that are reliable. Find some books that are reliable. Because over the time, I have found that some books that I've read are not very... Like I found one that was 
I don't know, it just wasn't worded very well. It was kind of very, very feminist. And as, as much as witchcraft is about the, can be about the feminine, there are male witches as well. Yes. So I didn't like that book just because it completely excluded male witches. And then don't forget, obviously, about the trans trans folks as well. It, it excluded them. So, oh, wow. Yeah, so you do need to be careful what books you are using for information that I've found when it comes to witchcraft. Well, and that goes, you know, hand in hand, like people need to use their better judgment, just like, you know, you can get books on Christianity and you're going to get some that barely scratch the surface and just give you a little bit of information and have a couple yeah. Bible quotes and references in there. And then you can get other ones that delve deep into the, you know, gay people can't be around you and you must judge everybody and everything is evil. And I was gifted two books. Um, one is called, I believe it's witchcraft for beginners. Yeah. And the other one is like what you need to know about covens and spells, I think is the name of it. And those two books are very informative and they're very light. They don't really go into the history of things, but they they explain things at a very basic level. And so I recommend those books just because then you can kind of see if this is something that you are actually interested in, and then you can delve into it more. Um, but just yeah. because you read a book doesn't mean you should start practicing. No, definitely not. That's why I always say about researching the history, because as soon as you start telling people that you're a witch, you will start get, you're going to start getting a lot of stigma. I got a lot of stigma when I first told everyone that I was a witch. So you do need to prepare be prepared for that as well when you come into witchcraft not saying that to put anybody off but it is something that you do need to be prepared for but don't get me wrong there are some witches that do stay in the closet so they don't actually tell people that they're a witch which is fine as well you can do that as well but you do still need to understand where this is all coming from and the way that it is seen by a lot of people across the world yeah it's not all cool and like alternative as it looks like um there's a lot of judgments there's a lot of hate that gets thrown your way learning how to um, protect yourself from energies and from mm -hmm. ill will and bad intentions when you first start practicing is a huge thing because you are going to get hateful energy from people when you are just walking in a grocery store and you wear a pentagram necklace or you seem oh, different yeah. at all in any way. Yeah, basically. And then let's not forget that there are still actually countries around the world where witch hunting is still a thing, which I think is horrific, but it is still a thing now. So people will be full on murdered just because they're a witch still in 2021 which is yeah which is disgusting and it's always yeah. it's always done in the name of religion yeah basically yeah because the way that we've always been portrayed by other religion is just evil 
but we're not evil. It's because we are something more powerful, more beautiful than what they're preaching. So it scares them because because witchcraft is such a, a like a earth loving religion. We've got no hate. There's no judgments. There's no you have to be this, that, and the other. So it scares them because we're so open, whereas they're not. Yeah, I couldn't. I couldn't agree with you anymore. If you were to have one thing that a listener walks away from your episode um, knowing about you or a message that you could send out, what would it be? If if you do if you do think or realize that you are a witch, don't be scared. It's nothing to be scared of. It's it is beautiful. The the amount of things that you are now opening yourself to. The amount of doors and possibilities that are going to come to you now. The amount of knowledge and wisdom and power that is going to start growing now from you is unbelievable. Don't be scared of it. Let it happen. Let it come. Embrace what you are are and who you are. And don't care what other people think of you. Don't. Because I know that there's a lot of that seem so concerned about what everyone else thinks of them. That they kind of forget how powerful they actually are. You're not weird. You're not unusual. You are powerful. You are gifted. You're amazing. Don't be scared. Don't hide yourself. Don't hide your magic out of fear. I think that's absolutely beautiful. And the reason that I named this podcast The Coven of Rejects and why I open every episode and say you know, what's up weirdos, rejects and free spirits is because that's the label that other people have given us. And it makes it feel like we're giving back that power or we're getting back that power. Like this is the place where everybody who has been outcasted and rejected and has been told that they're weird for the way that they practice and that believes anything that's different than the organized religion social norm can be here can be safe can hear messages like this can hear guidance and advice and this is like a home for all of those people so yeah i i just needed to say that when you said you're not weird it just made me think like I call all of us weirdos and rejects, <laughs> but it's not yeah, but because with a I good think kind weird. of weird. With a good kind of weird. Yeah, you're weird because you're different and you practice in a different way. Like, yeah, that's that's it's fucking weird, and I love it. And this is your home. Another thing is as well is there's something I have discussed. Just remember that your magic is not going to be the same as everybody else's magic. We have all got different energy, different intentions, different. We're, we're, we're all magically different in our own way. So if you are not achieving the exact same thing as another witch, fine, that's just not your magic. There seems to be this kind of thing where there's, they seem that, to think that magic is one, a one-way path. It isn't. There are different avenues. And different avenues will fit your energy different. So just because it doesn't fit you in a particular way doesn't mean it will never fit you. It will fit you in your own way, in your own magical way, because we're not the same. 
Deborah has changed her socials since we did this interview, so you guys can now go and find her on TikTok and Instagram as gray.chaos.witch. And of course, the spelling for that is going to be in the description. If you guys have any questions, she is so open to everybody reaching out to her personally. Although she may not educate people in how to do their practice, she is going to be able to educate in where the best resource is and just following her journey and the way that she does her magic and her spell work I think you guys will all love so make sure that you go and follow her um, she just puts a really unique spin on everything and she's dark and spooky and we love that <laughs> 